0: Your money, your taxes, your truck, and your road to success in the trucking industry.
1: This is Trucking
2: Business and Beyond, the show that puts the money where it belongs,
0: back in your pocket.
3: Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is Let'sTruck.com. It is Wednesday march 7th we are here live pick up the phone and give me a call 8888 road dog if you jump in right now you should be able to grab an open line the show is all about the business of trucking we'll take your calls and answer your questions about trucks money fuel mileage maintenance tires taxes technology health and fitness on the road getting started as an owner operator finding freight Working with brokers, getting your authority, you name it, we'll talk about it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and call. So at the end of last year, the beginning of this year, rates, we were talking a lot about them. Rates were way up. They did pull back slightly, which is pretty common in February, January, February. They pulled back a little bit. Uh, March is looking like it's starting off pretty strong. I just reviewed the numbers for the first week in March. The rates haven't gone up yet, but the volume did. And that almost always precedes it. So more, far more loads, I think it was up almost 8%, uh, loads being posted on the board. So when there are more loads and trucks stayed about the same, so... That creates more demand. Rates will follow. I imagine we'll start to see rates uh, climb again, which is pretty common this time of year, but I think we may see even more of an increase than normal. Uh, if you want to talk about rates, we can certainly talk about that. Every time I post about rates, I always end up getting in a debate, discussion, argument about supply and demand or or people's lack of understanding of what drives rates. And this is in any business, at the price of virtually everything, as long as it's not interfered with by the government somehow, and, and we do have some prices in our economy that are interfered with by the government, but freight is not one of them. Prices in a free market are driven and determined by supply and demand and yet people want to complain that the rates aren't high enough that the broker's taking too much but they just don't understand supply and demand the the phrase say no to cheap freight and the people that say leave it on the dock the price will go up that's absolutely not true There is a set number of trucks in the market at any given moment, and there is a certain amount of freight in the market at any given moment, and that's what will ultimately determine most of the price of the freight. What makes it more complicated in trucking is we're a nationwide industry, and you don't just work in one area. Very few owner-operators do. You are in a different area, a different lane, a different state, a different city, a different region, constantly, day after day after day. So trying to learn and understand and stay on top of those rates can be difficult, but it's something you should be doing. And I'm writing a lot of material right now because I have a a keynote presentation coming up uh, one week from today. Uh, for C.H. Robinson, I have, uh, I think, six seminars I'll be giving at Louisville. I haven't seen my schedule yet. Last year it was, maybe I'm thinking of Gats. I have a lot. Uh, I need to start writing those as soon as I finish up with C.H. Robinson next week. And then, not long after that, I have another presentation to write for the uh, TIA um, out in Palm Desert, California, which it's their annual convention. The TIA is the Transportation Intermediaries Association. That means the brokers. uh, And 3PLs, third-party logistics. So I'll be speaking to them. So I've been doing a, a lot of writing, and it always gets me thinking. And then, you know, I usually spend a little time on Facebook trying to answer questions. The biggest reason I see owner-operators not succeeding and being so frustrated is that they just lack the basic understanding of business concepts. I'm not talking about needing an MBA. This is not a really difficult business to run. It's a difficult job, and there are certainly some challenges to the job itself, but the business is pretty simple. One of the huge advantages we have in this business, because I've run several businesses, and the biggest challenge in every other business I've faced is marketing and sales. That's That's a challenge. And if you can't market and sell, then no money comes in. And that's what most businesses deal with. Owning trucks... It's not hard finding work. You don't have to market yourself. You don't really have to sell. But it doesn't mean you shouldn't market and sell. And that's one of the ways to set yourself apart and differentiate yourself. Understanding who your customer is and providing value to that customer. Many owner-operators act like there is no customer. And they don't really strive to provide that value and service, but that's what makes you successful in business. Understanding and being able to read financial statements. And again, nothing overly complicated. A simple profit and loss statement to show income and expense. Be nice if it's done per mile and and as a percentage of revenue, but those are not hard reports to read. But I find so many owner-operators who just don't have those basic understanding of business concepts, and that's why they struggle, that's why they get frustrated, and that's why they're not as profitable as they could be, especially in an environment like today. I, I was also, I'm also getting ready because my online class, the one that I teach live, Starts off again on Monday. We just finished a class a couple weeks ago. We're starting a new one on Monday. If you want to get in on that, there's still uh, about 30 seats left. And registration closes on Sunday. So if if you want to get in, I would do it now. You're running out of time. Uh, You don't want to miss this class. It's an excellent class. It goes 16 weeks And every week you get a one to two hour live webinar where I teach the material. I actually give assignments for the week. There is a lot of work to get done in this course, but that's how you learn by doing the work. I answer a lot of questions during those webinars. You also get access to a free Facebook group, a a private, not free, they're all free, a, a private Facebook group where... I answer a lot of questions all throughout the week in there. Other members uh, ask, ask and answer questions as well. And the last group that went through is still part of that Facebook group. So they have experience. They can help you out through the course as well. They've already been through it. So as I was kind of going back over a lot of these business concepts and rewriting some things and writing new material. I was also reading the comments in that in the course. So the course, all the course material is online. You get uh, a download file that is a couple hours of audio that you can listen to while you're driving. There are uh, worksheets and checklists and a workbook. And each week r- during the course, throughout the 16 weeks, we open up another week's worth of material. And then once you're through the course, you have lifetime access to that material. One of the things I have people do each week, and it's voluntary, the whole course is voluntary, you don't have to do anything. But one of the assignments each week is to just write a short paragraph or a couple sentences even about what you got out of the material that week what did you learn that week and there are a couple reasons for that one it helps me see what people are learning and and helps me tweak the material two it also helps reinforce the material in your mind so it's a a way of kind of recapping that helps you learn and what was surprising we had a lot of people in the course even though it's about getting started we had a lot of people in the course with a lot of experience and even some fleet owners that were in the course. Many of the most positive comments were from owner-operators with lots of experience already. They wish they would have taken the course before they started or sooner, but this was the first chance anybody had. But I again, it comes back to there isn't a lot of educational opportunities in this industry. So it's never too late to go back and learn these business concepts that will really help you build a strong foundation that you can grow a business on. So right after the break, we'll come back. I'll give you uh, some information about getting signed up for the class. There's not much time left. And then we'll get to your calls and questions. Stick around. Kevin Roth.
4: driver that wants to take control of your own destiny and have the freedom to make the choices that affect you and your loved ones every day if the answer is yes then stop holding the steering wheel audio program was designed for you in this one-of-a-kind audio program kevin rutherford reveals the secrets to running a successful trucking business taking the plunge to owner operator finding and negotiating for a new truck and managing money once you earn it are you willing to do the hard work? It's time to stop holding the steering wheel and start driving your business. Order your copy today and create the business you've always wanted. Visit our online store at letstruck.com or call our tribe care team at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Hey audio road listener, what is your profit per mile? How
0: about your cost per mile or even your bottom line? Stop driving blind and know your numbers. Profit Gages is absolutely simple bookkeeping specifically for owner-operators. Have instant access to business and tax reports that will help you increase your profits and keep your money in your pocket where it belongs. Sign up for Profit Gages today and take advantage of our 30-day free trial. Know your numbers and master the journey. Visit our website at Let'sTruck.com or call our Tribe Care team at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835.
2: Get yours today at Let'sTruck.com or call our TribeCare team at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835.
5: Or call Tribe Care Team at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835.
3: Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888 Road Dog. Grab something to write with. I'll give you the information about getting signed up. You only have a couple more days. Uh, The course starts live on Monday. And uh, like I said, I think there are about 30 seats left right now. Last class sold out. Two ways you can sign up. You can go right to the website. Do it yourself. It's letstruck.com. Look under the university tab. And the course is titled Stop Holding the Steering Wheel and Start Driving Your Business. Now, it's really designed to help people get started. If you've ever thought about buying a truck or being an owner-operator and you've been told, don't do it, there's no money, don't listen to that. I have helped so many people do this and be successful at it. Many of those people go on to get their own authority and, and become Fleet owners, if you do it right, there is a tremendous amount of opportunity. And right now, the opportunity is the best I have seen in three decades. I, I'm not kidding about that. And I think that we've got a really good decade ahead of us. Now, clearly, there, there will be some ups and downs throughout that decade. But right now, things are looking really good. So if you've ever thought about it, and you're not sure, take the course. It will help you decide. If you want to buy a truck, take the course. I'll show you step-by-step exactly how to do it. But like I said, some of my best comments came from people who have been owner-operators for years, some of them longer, and a couple of fleet owners. So there's just a lot of really solid business advice in the course as well. As how to get started step by step. You can also call our tribe care team, 855 800 3835. I'll give you that number one more time, 855 800 3835. We're going to head off to some phone calls. We're going to start in Mississippi. Rick, welcome to the program.
6: Hey, Kevin, how are you tonight?
3: Good. What's on your mind?
6: Um, actually, I'd like to talk about some of the tax changes and how I might present to my company. I'm a company driver, first off. Uh, how I might present to them, logically, on how to take some of our pay and, and pay it a per diem. Uh, okay. I'm not really sure how to, how to break that down. You know, uh, I I, I understand it and how it'll benefit me, but I'd kind of like to, you know, explain it where it would be, uh, logical for them
3: or the company. So roughly how big is the company? How many drivers?
6: Um, it, we, we pull for a, a pretty large department store, um, in one of the malls. So it's, Probably
3: 300 trucks. Okay. Pretty good size Maybe then. Maybe 200 trucks. Yeah. Pr- pretty good size. Yeah. Um, so here's the way it works. What is your... Are you paid by the mile? Yes. What is the current rate?
6: 56 cents.
3: Okay. So... Basically, the the carrier is allowed to pay a per diem by the mile, even though per diem really means per day. The IRS says it can be paid by the mile as long as you don't exceed the per day allowance, which is $63 a day. That means the carrier could safely, in most operations, could safely pay up to about 10 or $0.12 a mile as per diem without ever going over that $63 a day or not going over it consistently where it would cause a problem. It doesn't matter if you go over it one day. It doesn't even matter if you go over it 30 days as long as you don't exceed the entire amount for the year. 10 or $0.12 is really safe. So here's really all they do is they take the $0.56 a mile, and let's say they're going to pay $0.10 as per diem they start cutting you a payroll mm-hmm. check on 46 cents a mile, and they withhold all the taxes just like they normally do. But then they can add okay. 10 cents a mile into that check that doesn't get taxed because it's basically a reimbursement. That's what per diem is. It's just a reimbursement for the meals right. that you ate while you're on the road. Now, the, the – where, right. where carriers have a little bit of a problem with this, they save a bunch of money, too, because they don't have to pay half of your Social Security. They don't pay half of your Medicare. They, in, there's some discount on workers' comp, depending on the state. That gets a little weird, so I won't really get too deep into that. If they have a 401K program right. with a match, then they don't match on that money. So there are some savings, but there's one downside for the carrier. When they pay you in wages, the wages are 100% tax deductible. But if they pay you in per diem, the per diem is only 80% tax deductible to them. So every dollar they pay you in per diem, they only take a tax deduction of 80 cents because that's how per diem works. So that's where carriers will balk at it a little bit. And I also see a lot of carriers that will, let's use those same numbers. We started with 56 cents a mile. They're going to pay 10 cents in per diem. But the way they'll do it is they'll take 2 cents away from the total. So rather than 46 and 10, they'll pay 44 and 10. And they claim that that extra $0.02 cents is administrative cost, and what they're really talking about is that loss of a tax deduction I just talked about. But I believe in this environment where it's sure, so competitive for drivers and the drivers just lost the ability to deduct this as, uh, as a tax deduction, that carriers would be smart to just pay the full per diem, not discount it, and, and be done with it. I, I just think it's a good idea. Hmm.
6: Do, do you think, um, well, I'm not sure. I, I, I know what I have in my head, but I'm not sure where I'm at. Do, do you think that it would be more of a benefit for them to, or even for us, if we were to take the hit on the 10 cents and go to the 46 cents? and get the $0.10 cents back as per diem, even if they didn't match any uh, to us. Would, would that be a benefit to us as the driver?
3: Well, I'm not sure I understood that. Try, run through that one more time.
6: Well, if, if, uh, if the per diem, say, if we're at $0.56, cents, the same numbers, and they took $0.10 cents off of that and brought us to the 46 would it be to our benefit to get the $0.10 cents a mile tax
3: uh, non-tax yeah that's what i just explained that Even is if what they the, weren't
6: matching any of that
3: well they don't right they don't match any of it all they're doing is in this okay what confuses a lot of drivers is this always gets explained wrong it, it gets explained as it's being deducted out of their check and then added back in that's over complicating things they're still paying you 56 cents a month. yeah they're only going to tax 46 of it. Okay. That's the easier way to think about this. Right. So, yes. Yeah, that's what the per diem is. They they're they're not going to take anything away. They're just going to reclassify 10 cents of your total pay as a reimbursement for per diem, not as wages.
6: Okay. And and that's kind of, we we had a safety meeting, and that's kind of the way I I presented it, but I kind of felt a little bit lost when I attempted to explain it. I've listened to you, you know, for quite some time, and and I know that you've been over this several times in in the past few months, and um, that's kind of the way I understood it, but breaking it down is something else.
3: Yeah, it it you know, well, it, it don't feel like uh that's you not understanding it because our our tax code is complicated and like I said, the industry and drivers tend to explain this wrong. When they talk about it, they say, "Well, they deducted out of my check and then they add it back in." That that's over complicating what's happening. It, the the easiest way to think about this is part of what you get paid is just being reclassified, not as wages, but as a reimbursement of per diem, a reimbursement of your meal expense. And reimbursements are not taxable. That's all per diem is in in this situation that we're describing. The carrier says we'll pay you this much as a wage and this much as a non-taxable reimbursement of per diem. It's common in the industry. It has been for a long time. I think it's going to get a whole lot more common now that the drivers have lost the ability to deduct it on their own tax return. And again, the carrier can pay up to a full $63 a day for every day you're on the road. It gets a little tricky trying to do that with a mileage pay, but like I said, 10 or $0.12, cents, pretty safe in most operations. Where it can get a little weird is in a, uh, a, a, an LTL or P&D operation where you're doing a lot of stopping and not driving nearly as many miles. Then you might have to adjust that number. I'm going to get to a break. We'll be right back, and we'll get to more of your calls and questions right after this. Kevin
0: hey, Audio Road listener. What is your profit per mile? How about your cost per mile or even your bottom line? Stop driving blind and know your numbers. Profit Gauges is absolutely simple bookkeeping specifically for owner operators. Have instant access to business and tax reports that will help you increase your profits and keep your money in your pocket where it belongs. Sign up for Profit Gauges today and take advantage of our 30-day free trial. Know your numbers and master the journey. Visit our website at letstruck.com or call our tribe care team at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835.
2: Get yours today at Let'sTruck.com or call our TribeCare team at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835.
5: Or call Tribe Care Team at 855-800-FUEL. That's
4: 855-800-3835. Are you a driver that wants to take control of your own destiny and have the freedom to make the choices that affect you and your loved ones every day? If the answer is yes, then Stop Holding the Steering Wheel audio program was designed for you. And this one-of-a-kind audio program, Kevin Rutherford reveals the secrets to running a successful trucking business. Taking the plunge to owner-operator, finding and negotiating for a new truck, and managing money once you earn it. Are you willing to do the hard work? It's time to stop holding the steering wheel and start driving your business. Order your copy today and create the business you've always wanted. Visit our online store at letstruck.com or call our Tribe Care team at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835.
3: Have you heard? We have an app to make listening to our shows easier than ever. It's free. It's simple. It does one thing, and it does it really well. Download the app, open it, and listen to our shows. The Power Hour, Questions from the Road, Destination Health, and more. Listen live, listen anytime, and never miss a show again. To find it, search your app store for Audio Road. One word. That's Audio Road. It's one more way we help you master the journey. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rothford. The number to join us, 8888 Road dogs. Still some time to get through. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. We're going to get to those calls right now. We're off to Ontario. Johnny, welcome to the program.
7: Good evening. I appreciate you taking the call. I just have a – I'll I'll tell you what happened to me this week. But first, I just want to uh, mention – uh, over the years, you've mentioned a few times that uh, you suspected that uh, someone started up your truck with no oil once when uh, you, uh, when it was in the shop, you know, like in the middle of an oil change, uh, you figured someone moved it, and then afterwards you noticed a sudden um, extreme uh, oil con- consumption, and then you figured it's because these cylinders got polished you you never mentioned anything about the bottom end bearings. Like, uh, if if they did start it up with with any oil, is is that the only thing that that you noticed? Was just that it started like just to consume more oil?
3: Yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known anything. Um, you know, when it, it, when the truck went in, and if I remember right, it had around two hundred and fifty thousand miles on it. It was the first new Series 60 Detroit I had ever owned. I had owned several of them prior to that that I had bought used but this was the first one that I bought new and it it was very consistent. I would need to add a gallon of oil right around 13 or 14,000 miles and that was back just before I was really getting into bypass oil filters, so 15,000 was a typical oil change. So rather than add a gallon, I would just do an oil change when it needed that gallon. So I was not really adding any oil to it in between changes. And that had been really consistent. And I took it in. It was a new shop I was trying out. There were several things that went wrong. They had it for, like, Two days longer than they should have, and immediately after picking it up, it was using a gallon of oil every 2,500 miles, and there was no other explanation for it. And, and, you know, Detroit was so good about the warranty that—I had a great Detroit shop right there—they just did the in-frame, and they actually got an in-frame done for me in three days, no charge whatsoever— but we never really knew. I mean, they they couldn't tell other than the fact that, you know, the cylinders were pretty polished and the rings were worn, but we never knew what really happened. And the only thing that, you know, made any sense to me was that, you know, somebody drained the oil, went off and did something else, and somebody else started it and, you know, moved it around and the shutdown didn't catch it and... Um, it probably did do damage to the bearings, but all of that got replaced in the in-frame under warranty.
7: Oh, I see. Got it. Okay. Uh, what what happened to me uh, earlier this week on uh, Monday? I, I was going down the roads, and then um, all of a sudden, my uh, uh, check engine light came on and a buzzer. So. Immediately, my, my first thought was uh, I, I, I blew, like, a, um, a radiator uh, hose, like a coolant hose. Like, like that's what I thought. Yeah. So, okay, as soon as the, the buzzer came on, as soon as the buzzer came on, I just happened to be right at the exit ramp for a service plaza. Like, I was right there. So, I either had the choice either pull over on the shoulder of the service plaza or just put it in neutral and coast in. So uh, I put it in neutral, posted it in. Within a minute, I had the truck turned off. When I stopped, and then I, uh, I had a quick look underneath even before I popped open the hood, and then I noticed that it was like engine oil all underneath the uh, the, the truck, you know, like the the tire. So anyways, I popped open the hood, and then... Um, okay, there, there was not much showing on the dipstick at all. So I figured that, that the engine was com- com- completely empty. So I bought uh, nine gallons of oil because that's what it normally takes to fill it up. But then after I got in about four gallons, either, yeah, like between four, four and a half, it was right up, like right up on the, on, on the stick to, to normal operating range. Okay. So afterwards, I realized, okay, that that was that there was still about four gallons of oil in the truck because the oil stick doesn't go all the way down to the bottom of the pan. Right. So um, okay, so so basically, I put in about four four and a half gallons, and it took me right up to to the uh, normal range. And then uh, at that point, I took care of of the leak, like what caused the leak. I fixed that. And then uh, I, I started the truck up, and, and uh, the oil pressure was fine. Like it's uh, So since then, I've put on about um, maybe 1,200 miles, and uh, the, the engine sounds the exact same. The oil pressure is the exact same, whether it's idling or going down the road. And then um, I had a heavy load, well, about 44 thousand pounds on and then i had some hills to climb and uh like the engine fan came on normal at the top of the hills and the, the the oil temperature because it's winter it hasn't been able to get that hot only up to 150 degrees so um i haven't really noticed any difference like any change at all i stopped at a dealer and uh we cut open the oil filter that was on the truck I just wanted to see, you know, like uh, if if there would have been any filings or chunks. And um, the mechanic said that that he didn't see anything unusual, like just small, tiny, little, shiny uh, particles, like one here, one there, spread out. But I've also had a filter cut open in the past. I've had a filter cut open in the past where there was no problem, and it was the exact same amount of of tiny, shiny particles. So, okay, so at this point, I stopped t- t- today, and then I filled up a little bottle of engine oil, and then tomorrow, about half an hour from my house, there's actually, like, a, a cat lab that I- that actually samples, so instead of mailing it, I'm going to walk in there and hand them that bottle and see how soon that they can sample it and get back to me. So. Yeah. I I spoke to a couple of different CAT dealers, you know, if you guys have have their own opinion. So, I'm 100 miles from the house. If it was you in my situation, what would you do?
3: My my guess is, and I'm just guessing, the sample might tell us more, probably will. My guess is you did very little, if any, damage to this engine. You know you ran it four gallons low for probably not very long at all the buzzer usually comes on when it's about two gallons low in most engines three maybe and you still have 50 plus percent of your capacity it's not like the engine's running dry so you you might lose some oil pressure obviously because you have a lot less oil volume but the, the most of the parts in the engine are still being lubricated my guess is you you did very little if any damage
7: yeah that, that that's kind of what uh, I'm thinking too because uh, yeah I mean I haven't noticed any any difference at all like an oil pressure at all like it uh, yeah I, like I just haven't noticed I mean it, it, I mean uh, a guy like a guy would with, with, with never know like uh, nobody would would, would would ever know that this happened if, if it wasn't for 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 the mess right like underneath my, my right, truck. and that's oh, the that's okay, the beauty okay.
3: of the the electronic engines with the shutdowns. You know, on mechanical engines, I I I've had it happen on a cat engine where a, a mechanical cat early in my career where a mechanic didn't put the oil filter back on right they I had a driver in the truck the filter was leaking so bad that we lost all the oil and he, he wasn't watching the oil pressure gauge and that can happen i mean it, it you know we it's not like our eyes are glued to the gauges all day long we should be scanning them but he wasn't and we lost an entire engine whereas today that 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 shutdown is designed The buzzer and the shutdown is designed to catch it before you do damage. That's why it, it, you know, still having half of your oil in there, you know, we wouldn't want to go pull a really hard hill and get the engine hot like that. But just going down the road normally and the oil, you know, level drops to that point, the warnings come on, the shutdown might kick in. It's designed to protect that engine and. Usually, when it happens, there's very little damage. Same with low water um, and high temperature shutdowns. That's why you have to be very careful who you let play around with your ECM because I have seen ECMs where they shut off those shutdowns because they don't know how to program them right. Watch those truck stop tuners. We'll be right back. We've got one more segment. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rothenberg.
0: for the 2018 CMC Live Seminar the biggest baddest educational event dedicated to the trucking industry this event takes place September 17th through the 21st at the mid-america Center in Council Bluffs Iowa this five-day seminar focuses solely on the unique challenges and opportunities that truck drivers face every day not only on the job but in all facets of life learn from the industry's top leaders network with fellow drivers and start running more effective and profitable businesses spots are filling up fast don't miss this opportunity to take action on your your business, your life, and your future. Together, we can help you master the journey. Register online at Truck.com or call our TribeCare team at 855 800 Fuel with any questions. That's 855 800 3835. Hey, Audio Road listener, what is your profit per mile? How about your cost per mile or even your bottom line? Stop driving blind and know your numbers. Profit Gages is absolutely simple bookkeeping specifically for owner-operators. Have instant access to business and tax reports that will help you increase your profits and keep your money in your pocket where it belongs. Sign up for Profit Gages today and take advantage of our 30-day free trial. Know your numbers and master the journey. Visit our website at Let'sTruck.com or call our Tribe Care team at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835.
2: Get yours today at Let'sTruck.com or call our TribeCare team at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835.
5: Let fuel gauges help you master the journey. Visit our website at letstruck.com or call tribe care team at 855 800 fuel. That's 855 800 3835.
3: I'm Kevin Rutherford. I'm going to get right to the phones. Phone lines are full. I'm going to try to get to as many as I can. Let's go to Wyoming. Dan, welcome to the program.
8: Hi, Kevin. Um, First time I've gotten to call in. um, I wanted to... I had a question basically expanding on the per diem question earlier in the show. Um, Does the rules also apply... If you're a 1099 uh, independent contractor with with an employer, my my employer only has four trucks, we're four drivers, and I was trying to, you know, talking into the same thing with the per diem. No, um, is that able to be done?
3: No, but you don't need to do oh. it. That, no, no, hold on, hold on, don't 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 lose control okay. here. You don't need to get paid per diem because everything you get paid is already not taxed, and you get to claim your per diem still on the Schedule C like you always have. Nothing changed for independent contractors or S-Corps or LLCs. Per diem is still 80% deductible, just like it's always been. Um, for anybody who receives money as a, as a 1099 or as a business. It was only employee drivers that lost the ability to take the deduction.
8: I see. Thank you. That clarifies a whole lot. Um, I, I do have one other question. Sure. Uh, if you have time. It's about a, Detroit, a 2008 Detroit. It's the changeover motor. Um, it's been deleted. Uh, my boss has put all kinds of money into this truck. Um, the only, most of the things we have taken care of, it's got a new head. It's been rebuilt, um, about 500,000 miles ago, roughly. Um, on takeoff, it chugs and blows some blue smoke until you get the RPMs up. Now, this is a wide-open truck. We don't run slow. We don't run 62-mile-an-hour. We run across the west. We're doing 75, okay? Um, it's usually hot freight. We got to get out there, and we got to get back, so we don't run out of our 70 hours. But once we're up to speed, truck runs fine. It's only like a takeoff that it does it. And usually, when it's above 35 degrees outside, if it's below 35 degrees, it runs perfect.
3: Yeah, at any time that somebody has messed with the emissions, you, you use the word "delete," which doesn't really tell me a lot. There, there are so many ways around the emissions. Full blown, you know, deletes where everything. And just to clarify. We have not recommended deletes for a long, long time now. There was clearly a time when that was the only way we knew how to make these engines run right, get good fuel economy, stay out of the shop. But that was for, a, a you know, maybe a four or five year period. Uh, and we haven't recommended deletes in probably seven years. I, I just think it's a bad idea now. We we do know ways to fix these and keep them running, right? And anytime somebody says delete, I don't even know what that means, really. It, is it electronic? Is it, you know, mechanical, both? How detailed, how deep was it? And once somebody starts messing with that stuff, that, that just adds a whole list of things that could cause the problem you're talking about. If we were talking about a truck that was still factory, hadn't been tampered with, we could have a, you know, a troubleshooting process we could go through. But I would need to know a whole lot more about what and how they deleted this.
8: Okay, I, I do believe it was in the computer, but also... Um, you know 2008 basically everything uh from the turbo uh to the exhaust pipe um has been changed it, it's a it, you know so what i'm it, saying they got rid of all the
3: so and again it, that means it's a all, all the dip, filters and everything a dpf delete what about the egr what did they do with egr
8: EGR, I believe, is gone too.
3: Yeah, see. And then the problem is who did the programming? How did they program it? We have no idea until we go in there and actually look at the code. And it's very possible that it's the programming itself that's causing that problem. But it could be a dozen other things too. Okay. It's just one of those things. And here's the thing you can't take that truck to a factory shop. They won't work on them. You can't trade that truck in anymore. Dealers won't take them. deletes, even though there was a time many years ago that we were recommending them. We haven't recommended those in a long, long time. Uh, They're just not a good idea. There are better ways to fix these uh, emission issues now. Let's go to Oklahoma. Patrick, welcome to the program.
1: Hello, Kevin. Thanks for taking my call.
3: What can I help you with tonight?
1: Well, I had two questions. Um, First question is, um, there was a previous caller mentioned he had kind of a large space between the back of his sleeper and uh, the front of his trailer. And you mentioned that uh, above a certain distance, it doesn't really make um, a big difference in fuel economy. Um, There's about 40 inches between the back of the aerodynamic fins on the back of my sleeper and the front of the trailer. Um, Do you think going longer than that um, would be a problem, or what is the basic distance where it uh, doesn't really matter?
3: You know, once you you're right there at kind of the threshold. Um, You know, at 40 inches, you know, air tabs would help that problem somewhat uh air tabs will actually help at any distance but you're you're kind of there at the threshold you're you're probably creating about as big of a problem as you're going to if you went another foot back probably not going to affect fuel economy
1: okay excellent and i had one other question about a, a transmission um someone had called in and um it seems as if he has a triple overdrive ending in 0.62 top ratio and also a pretty good low gear. He was driving through, I think it was like 279s or something like that, and can still take off with a full load on a pretty pretty stout grade. I was wondering if uh, we were able to get any more information on that or uh, anything.
3: No. Um, you know, there are so many transmission model numbers. It's insane when you go look up transmissions. And unless somebody can give me the model number, the odds of me finding it are pretty slim. Although triple overdrives are are pretty rare. Uh, I I really didn't go look it up just because it's time consuming. And I didn't know what I was going to gain by looking it up anyway. Uh, It kind of overkill to me. I'd rather go the other way. My favorite transmission is really a single overdrive. And then we gear the truck to run in direct and have one true overdrive gear. I think that's the ideal way to set up a truck. Every overdrive gear is less efficient than the one before it. So direct is your most efficient gear. As soon as you go to an overdrive gear, you lose efficiency and every time you go to a higher overdrive gear, which is actually a lower number, it gets less and less efficient. One of the problems I face with this coach that I drive, the reason I get, on my last leg of my trip, I was in a hurry, which is unusual for me. But I had to get somewhere, and I was running 70, and my fuel economy was four and a half. And part of the reason is the automatic transmissions they put in these coaches, not auto shifts. They're true Allison automatics because they like them to be really smooth. Um, They have a 0.62 final ratio. And it, it, it won't even stay in the final gear. A little gust of wind and it's got a downshift. And it's just they're just not efficient.
1: I see. Yeah, there is a huge amount of transmissions when you do go look them up. I was more interested in the lower starting gears for startability with yeah um, that higher
3: that you know, I'm interested higher in higher
1: rear ends and then uh, yeah running direct.
3: Yeah, and I get that. that. The thing is, I couldn't
1: I couldn't find any.
3: I know, and trust me, that that especially
1: with a triple.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, I, I I would stay away from the triple. Really, I would look for a single. Or doubles are so common, they're much easier to find. But you, you really just have to dig. Um, Matt, who listens to the show, he's part of our uh, Let's Truck team, he spends a lot of time in there. Usually if I have a transmission question, he's the one that finds the answer for me. Uh, maybe if Matt's listening, he'll, he'll dig through there and find one of those with the, uh, one of the low gears and let me know which one it is. Uh, I'm not going to have any time soon to go dig. I've got multiple major projects I'm working on. Thanks for joining me. We will see you back here tomorrow night, midnight Eastern time. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. Go get signed up for that class. Time is running out. Let's truck.com. Good night, everyone. I'm Kevin Rothbard.